0: Hi, everyone. I'm recording this right in the middle of June. It's June sixteenth, 2020, and we're all emerging from our lockdown experience, and I hope it's been a good one for you. For me, I'm thinking more and more about what's essential in my life, and that's the health of my body, the relationships to the people that I'm close to and all of you, and focusing on my interests and my passions and really Learning to listen to that inspiration that comes. And I've gotten a lot more inspiration. I'm getting it more and more and more every day. And I'm very excited about what's going to come this year and next year after that. We have a lot of plans in the works. But the first thing that I'm inspired to do is boot camp number 10, and that'll be starting off in the middle of June. Now, this boot camp, I'm going to do it differently. This is the inspiration. I'm going to limit it to 12 people, and I'm going to work with those people. On a more of a one on one basis, and we'll have our own special meeting. Aside from all the other people that will be in the boot camp who have graduated before, and we'll be taking the boot camp again. That's the cool thing about the boot camp. Once you're in, you're in for life. So everyone takes it two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and maybe they just pay attention to it, or maybe they dive into it deeply, or maybe they take a couple boot camps off and then come in and at the uh, you know, a later date. However, it is inspiring to you, that's how it works. And it's just been really amazing. We've probably gone, gotten, gotten around 140 people, I think, have gone through the boot camp now. And so a lot of those people will be in this boot camp as well. But for newbies, it's just going to be these 12 people. And I'll explain more about it to you. The only way you can get into this boot camp, it's a first come, first served basis you have to send me an email at garybodley at gmail.com, and then I will send you back a little more information about the boot camp. And then if you like, you can push past the fear. You can select a time, and we'll get together for a Zoom call, and I'll explain the whole process to you along with the cost and all that. So if you'd like to be part of this experiment, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and very interesting, and it's really going to help you, you know, uncover your soul's purpose, understand how the law of attraction really works. It's called the Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. So it opens up abundance in all areas of your life, financial, relationships, freedom, experiences. It's really quite amazing. And if you haven't already looked at some of the uh, testimonials on the website, you should go ahead and do that. I've gotten testimonials from so many people, and I've only put a few up there. And so I'll probably be adding some more of those as we go along. So just uh, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and hopefully we'll get together. And now stay tuned for this another amazing episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm Gary Bodley, and with me today is David Strickle. David, again, one of my favorite people to talk to. We connect on so many levels, and it's fun having you here again. Uh, We were just here like two weeks ago or something, so it's cool. So... We're just gonna talk. We usually have a little bit of a conversation before we talk and this time we said, well, just have a conversation and we don't know what we're gonna talk about. So welcome to the show and say hi to everyone. Hi everybody, good to be here Gary as always. Awesome, all right. So it's June 16th today. We're gonna go to New York in two weeks and uh, stay in Manhattan. And we've got a few people getting together and just for fun. We have no idea what's going on. We don't know what their math policy is. We don't know what the airplanes are going to be like, but we're just going to go. Because I think it'd be fun to see a big city coming out of all this. Yeah, set a positive intention for well-being and, and go. I don't like to make any plans anymore. The only plans I make now are the you know, where I'm going to stay in the, in the plane flight. Otherwise, let's just be inspired you know, and just go with the flow. And when this opportunity came up, I'm like, yeah, that would be great. We're going to do a couple of different things when we're there, but otherwise it's just, we'll see what happens. And that's how I'm operating these days. Just completely acting on inspiration.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's the, that, the you know, I, I've had some of the best experiences of my life. When I quit. When I let go of the need for a specific outcome. And right. as much as I'm about setting intentions, I've become much more in my old age about zooming out. You know, I love that phrase now, zooming out. That's our new thing. In fact, I think I'm going to call my next book, Zoom Out. Yeah, that's a great Uh, title. Zooming out and just setting an intention for general well-being, joy, happiness, abundance, and leaving it at that. And when I leave it to the hands of the universe, they do such a better job than I could ever do on my own. So why not, you know? And speaking of traveling, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, Right at the very, very beginning, uh, we went to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, right. for Michael's birthday. His birthday was March 16th. And of course, right when we, we'd planned it months in advance and right when we were supposed to go, and I had not taken a real vacation in two years, I really focused on getting the book out and getting the show out and getting everything, you know, just rolling with the stream, teachings. And so I had not taken a real vacation. So I was really looking forward to it, as was he. And all this COVID news broke and we just decided we were going to set an intention to go and have a good time. And I, you know, I did look at the, the statistics, you know, Mexico was not really impacted by it at that time and we just went yeah. and we had a, a great time for a few days and then things shifted down there. And all of a sudden we heard that uh, the United States might stop letting people back in, you know, the airlines were going to stop having flights Uh, Puerto Vallarta started shutting down. There were going to be no restaurants to eat at, no beaches to go to, no bars to go to, nothing to do. And I thought, okay, I, you know, I, I don't know that I want to be down here in this, but we both sort of set a positive intention. Just, let's just figure it out. So instead of being, oh my gosh, we're so disappointed. This is so awful. Our vacation is ruined. We just said, Hey, you know, it's shutting down. Let's just, let's just figure out going home. So we looked at changing our flight and of course there were no flights available to go back to LAX for a direct flight. And so I said, no, let's don't get upset about that. Let's just, it's all going to work out. It's going to be great. So I started looking at other flights, other options with connections and just making peace with the fact that we were cutting our trip short, that the smart thing was just to get back home because I didn't want to drive through Mexico. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I did and we'd flown down in coach and I don't particularly like to fly in coach. I got really spoiled in my corporate job where I flew first class all the time. Uh, but we did fly down in coach. And the interesting thing was is that the plane was so empty coming down that we sat in exit row. We had, you know, a whole section of the plane to ourselves because it was so empty because everyone was terrified to fly. Yeah. So it was just as good as flying in first class, you know, just about. So anyway, so we're going back and I'm looking on the app, trying to, to book a ticket, high vibration about the whole thing. And there was coach. And then there was an upgraded coach that was like usually you know, like $60 more. And then there's first class, which is usually like, you know, $500 more. Right. Well, somehow the airline flipped it when I was looking at first class was $58 and coach plus was like $600. <laughs> so i nabbed napped the two, two uh, first class tickets and we had to connect through Houston. And, you know, we had to wait in line at the airport to get hand sanitizer uh, you know the connecting flight, which is not my favorite thing to do, but you know, I'm at peace with that. The whole day was just this travel adventure for us. Yeah, and we were just in such high vibration of oh, we have to wait in line. Oh, look, it's a giant vat of hand sanitizer they're <laughs> coating everyone with at the airport in Puerto <laughs> Rico. Oh, you know, it was just fun. We just had a fun time coming home. Yeah, and you just life just, can be that.
0: Just shows life you that. Yeah, it's how you're being creates your reality. And if you're being fun and adventurous and high vibe, you're gonna have a reflection of that. And I can tell you, every single time that I've ever been in a bad mood, that's when the, you know, I get re, you know, reality lets me know how I'm being. It's a very simple system when you realize what's happening, and when you when you live within that system, rather than to oppose it, everything works out and it's all great. Now, here we are in June and you know I'm in a little town so in North Carolina nobody's wearing masks nobody cares we had a a cool new tap room opened a couple weeks ago and the whole gang was there 150 of us the place is a big place they didn't count anyone not one person had a mask on everyone's hugging and kissing this is how North Carolina is there's just like no fear here and that's how I've been I've been the same way we had people visit we've been going around uh acting pretty much like normal the gym's open i was the first person back at the gym it's been great but i see so much uh resistance on facebook and especially facebook and it's like they everyone's either on one side or the side they're on one side of opening up or one side of staying at home they're on one side of Black Lives Matter or they're on one the other side of All Lives Matter, you know, it's and it's become really political. And it's like you can see how people are just trying to control conditions so much and it's not helping anything, you know, because right. from, from that perspective, down the spiral, as the stream would say, you don't have access to inspiration and to your true power. And those of us I've been paying attention to in the Joshua community um, who are practicing being high-vibing and up the spiral, and seeing everything is working out, and realizing this was the time to reprioritize our lives? They're just flowing with it, and they're posting fun stuff. And it's all my old friends who are posting these, you know, resistant kind of things.
1: Yeah. Now, what What I found, and it's funny because in the um, it's kind of what we talked about two weeks ago when I was on that my, this is a very, it's a clarifying moment. Contrast brings clarity. And that's what I love about contrast. Negative contrast always creates clarity for us. And as soon as we recognize that clarity, we grow from it, we expand, we go right back up the spiral, we solve whatever we need to solve and life just gets bigger and
0: bigger. Yeah, it's 2020 but, is the year of of clarity perfect, and vision.
1: perfect number, right? For, yeah. For vision. So what I was on, two weeks ago, I was starting to get clarity on my friends here in Palm Springs, my social circle, uh, in comparison to my, my stream circle, my Taya people, you know, the people who I have, uh, you know, zoom relationships with more than in-person relationships, my global, my global friends. Right. Right. And we're all sort of zooming out and looking at this as you and and, and the Joshua uh, people are and and like, wow, this is a great, you know, there's positive things happening. Everybody's, you know, doing great. Uh, making money, lo- loving life, not living in fear, you know, taking whatever precautions are guided to from a higher vibration. Right. You know, I use hand sanitizer more than I used to. Absolutely, I do. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm fearless. I don't care. I'm going to go lick a shopping cart. No, it's not about that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's yeah, there, there, there's a communicable yeah, communicable disease out there or illness out there Fear is expanding it as, right. as, as it does.
0: Fear and isolation.
1: Right. And I'm not going to be fearful of it, but yeah, I'll wash yeah. my hands a little more often. I should be doing If you're
0: anything. guided, yeah.
1: Yeah, if I'm guided yeah. to do so, I just will. But it's never, yeah. I'm never going to let it be out of fear. So right. what I've noticed here, you know, I don't live in North Carolina. I live in Southern California, Palm Springs, which is very different.
0: Totally and different.
1: Yeah. Very, red state, blue state. Yeah. Very, very blue here. Very, very, very blue here. Because Palm Springs is predominantly. Uh, Upper middle class, you know, or wealthy gay men—that's basically what populates this town. And I I generally like the vibe out here in the desert. But there's a a version of this that I've started encountering that is very different than what I was encountering, you know, a year ago or six months ago with this circle of guys that just like to hang out and have fun. And it's it's kind of lighthearted stuff. It's not deep stream stuff. Most of them aren't into what I do, and I kind of just leave that. You know, there and, and, and I dip into it every once in a while. They look at me like I'm nuts, and I say, <laughs> "You're not ready for this stuff." That's cool. but it's the 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 this is right and this is wrong. Left right has gotten really heated up here, and I think I was sharing last week that you know I I, I I sort of zoomed in and dipped into politics for a minute. It lowered my vibration, and I thought, "Well, what am I doing down here? This isn't where it's at." I zoomed out, everything's good, but after that zoom out. After that experience that I shared on the show, uh, I had something else. I posted something on my general Facebook page, not my business page, not my group, uh, about because I see all of this discord and all this disagreement. And the post was I don't think I shared this with you. I don't think I'd done it yet. Uh, there's value and maintaining a friendship with someone who has vastly different beliefs than you. Right. And I don't think I shared that with you, right? <clears throat> nope. So I did that. I think it was after our show. It was right at the same time that, that you and I met last time. So I, I posted that on Facebook and a couple of my good friends here that hey, I haven't known them in a long time, but they've become pretty close as far as just, you know, social stuff goes, lost
0: their mind over that idea. Well, you can't have friends who have different opinions? Apparently not. <laughs> not in this community. And so, yeah. you know, one
1: thought I was talking specifically about him. So he drew his ego into it and I had to you know, sort of say, Hey, I'm not just talking to you, you know, I've got uh, like almost 5,000 connections on Facebook. I'm talking to the general audience here. And I see this everywhere that, you know, the thing here in town is, you know, are you a Trump supporter or are you not a Trump supporter? And Michael and I went to our favorite restaurant for dinner when it reopened and we posted a little picture on the patio. And right away we're getting all these messages. They're Trump supporters. Hey. I don't care, you know, there's a <laughs> rally going on. I'm probably not going to show up for that. No, but you no, know, I just, I'm not going to get invested in that. You yeah. Know? And, and the guy that I was talking to is a, like a financial guy. And I said, you're in banking. You're telling me that your dollars aren't tied up with someone that may or may not be a Trump supporter. And you're going to worry about that. Are you sending out letters to all your clients saying, Hey, if you support president Trump, take your money away from of course Exactly. Not. Yeah. Of course not. So you can make yourself crazy worrying about stuff like this. Right but I just choose not to. And so it kind of came down to a bottom line. And then another friend uh, thought I was talking about something that he posted and started, and it was really some really negative thing about shooting everybody at the rallies, some real far right, you know, we need to get guns and start shooting all these protesters. Yeah. pure fear. I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't want to be any part of any of it. So I just scrolled on past it. And he made it about that and started telling people that were saying, you know, I had a lot of positive feedback. Oh, this is a great post. Can I share this? I agree. This is wonderful. And a couple of people said, well, I don't agree if they're, you know, hating who I am. And we had a lovely conversation around it. And then, but these two people that are good friends of mine, both of them took it to a whole different place Uh instead of messaging me personally and saying, Hey, is this about me? What are you talking about? They, they decided to have the drama play out there. Yeah. Well, I understand that that would have never occurred had I not gone down my spiral a little bit to lower vibration. Right. Right. So I created this lower vibrational interaction for myself by letting myself a day or two prior dip down, you know, over some political thing that I could care less about now in higher vibration. So I dipped down a lower vibration. I created this scenario. These two people that I thought were pretty good friends of mine started, uh, one of them started taking pictures, screenshots that he had taken of this other person's post, and answering every positive response
0: with this is what David's talking about. He supported uh-huh. us. Wow. It wasn't even about that. And from this perspective now, can you see the value in that experience? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
1: saw the value as soon as those two people sort of turned on me publicly on a Facebook post, talking to people that are stream followers that don't even know them. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about shooting Black Lives Matter protesters to my black dog breeder who lives in Northern California, whom they don't even know. Right. Really trying to like turn people against me that are in my personal life. It was crazy. It was like crazy, crazy behavior. And I just uh, and I tried to talk to both of them personally, thinking, "How did this get here?" Yeah. And within minutes, the clarity just came over me. A, these guys are not your true friends if they're doing this without talking to you separately. B, yeah. you created a situation from going down your spiral. You posted this because this is who you truly are and how you truly feel. And now you're getting clarity that these group of people that you've associated with aren't your vibrational match. And this lower vibrational activity that you've involved yourself in is weeding people out of your life that aren't really your vibrational match.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. They, they, you think that they bring something to the table and so you want them there, but they don't really bring anything to the table, and that's what this clarity is really good at. Uh, it's interesting. We had a couple guests here too. We had the same sort of situation, and one was a, both of them were friends of friends that brought their friends and had a very nice conversation in the beginning of the night, and we're all you know cool. We're meeting new people, and then they start talking about these crazy conspiracy theories, and one one was that AOC is a Holocaust denier. And I looked at this person who I thought was really intelligent, you know, and I'm like, that just means you didn't even bother to even research that idea, you know? Obviously, AOC couldn't possibly be a a Holocaust denier, you know? Um, And so, it was like, I didn't say anything back. I was like, you're just going to just not accept these beliefs that, you're, that you have, right? Without even attempting to see the other side. And certainly that belief there, because it conforms with your political viewpoint, if you're Republican, that a Democrat would have this belief, you're not even going to look it up. You're just going to go with it. And so I'm saying now that this is true of all of us. We have these beliefs on these certain subjects and generally speaking, we're unwilling to open up that belief. And as I get more into channeling, what I, what Joshua says all the time is that the only way you can really evolve as a channeler is completely open up your set of beliefs because there's things that we can tell you that you will not say because they don't conform to your beliefs. And one belief I had was that I can't, well, I'm typing channeling I can't write down a word I don't know like I couldn't type I couldn't channel in French for instance right but there's a lot of English words that I'm not allowing myself to type type because I don't know the word and I was just so I've been really practicing and opening these belief systems and looking at every subject from both sides as much as possible and taking whatever article I read with a grain of salt okay that's whatever true or not true it doesn't matter right Because really, these articles aren't accurate. They can't be that accurate. They're just glossing over some issue. And we're seeing a lot of inconsistencies in these stories. Anyway, so I'm practicing opening up my beliefs and looking at everything from both sides and realizing that there's stuff going on here that I need to get prepared for. And I'm typing out an answer to someone's question. And the word obfuscated came up. And I've never even heard this word. And as I'm typing, I'm like, that can't be a word. And spell check doesn't do anything to it, right? And (laughs) so I Google it, and it's the exact perfect word for that sentence, you know? And it's like, oh my God, so this is, there's way more to this, you know? As long as I can be open, this, this clarity of being a channel and letting that consciousness come through perfectly, in, without me needing to edit any of it at all as it's coming out, you know, completely right. sitting in the background. Um, that's not just beneficial for channeling, but it's beneficial for everyone's life because well, at, at our best, we're all channels. At our best, absolutely
1: up the spiral, high vibration, absolutely we're, we're source flowing, and and we are channeling regardless whether we're writing, speaking it, or, or just living our regular lives.
0: We're channeling now because you and I have a spiritual connection and our inner cells are connected and they're feeding us words to say so that this conversation is enjoyable for us and meaningful for those who will listen to it. This is what happens if you can get on this plane with someone of co-creation and just let the thoughts come. And so it's so beneficial for all of us to just open up our beliefs and understand that, that we don't have all the information. Our information is limited. But that information isn't supposed to come from outside of us. It's supposed to come directly through us.
1: Yes. It's interesting that you brought that up about words though, because last uh I, I have a, a, a my mastery program, I have a bi-weekly call that goes for two hours. And the first hour we are masterminding, and the second hour is channeling. And in the channeling, you know, these are mastermind level Taya practitioners, so it's always off the hook, crazy. Next level stuff because they're all drawing it out, right? Right. Um, toward the end, the stream said something to the effect of "severe high vibration, severely high vibration." And when I came back, they all sort of joked that, "Wow, severely high doesn't necessarily sound good." Yeah. Uh, you know, that's you could you, know, you know you need to get a source or something, David, because when you're channeling, you <laughs> need. And, I, and I, I, that didn't sit with me. I, I kind of went back to that, that stream vibe. No, severely was exactly what they meant. So I actually got the definition of severely and I sent it back to the group afterward and it says to an undesirably great or intense degree. Mm. Well, stream doesn't judge. Source doesn't judge. There's no such thing as undesirable to them. Right. And what they meant in that sentence was blowing up to a higher and higher vibration than you can imagine possible severe was the best word for it, the best English word for it. They don't recognize undesirable. So yes, to a great or intense degree is what they meant. I thought it was was just such clarity. And I sent it back to them, this is what they meant. And it was like a big aha for everybody in the group that, oh yeah, sometimes the stream gets to make their own rules because these are human creations that we're playing with. And in that moment, that was the best word to exemplify what they meant was, you know, zoom out, super high vibration, zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. And the more we do the zoom out, the clearer we get on everything that's happening on the planet. And you're right. There is no right or wrong. There's no way to take sides. I can't, I I can't be around people for very long that need to be that that I actually saw it as, you know, it's it's intolerance. It's It's intolerance um, because where those conversations came, uh, uh, what came from those conversations one couple blocked me and blocked Michael. He had nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> these are people he's known. And I'm like, God, you know, I'm seeing clearly now who these people really are. And I don't want to associate with them. They're not my vibration. And now I get it. They were sort of just good time Charlies. And I'm about, you know, sharing the streams message with the world. That's my life's mission right. now on. And, and that's what i have committed to. And that's what I'm going to, I'm emerging more and more as a part of that. And I think the last year of my life, and you know what that was all about, you know, I kind of spent that last, this past year and June is the anniversary of it really, May, June, or so, you know, I was kind of getting into it on the cruise yeah. and then I kind of wanted to have this last little hoorah in 3D and I did. I spent a year, I, I kept doing and it kept evolving with the stream. But I kind of kept a foot in that land and now this last little zoom out of mine, this, you know, I was so guided to, to, to be on with you to kind of talk about it. And of course, the the abundance just continues to unfold from it. That I I pulled my you know last foot out of that sand and fully allowing the stream. And when I was on uh, a week or two ago, I was on with Andrea Saint Amand I don't know if you know her. She's, yeah, uh, she's a friend of mine. Uh, she went through the Masca program also, uh. And, uh, and I did a live together. And she's an intuitive. Uh, she's a psychic intuitive. She she basically channels your your dead loved ones for you, whatever you call that. You know, I don't know all this terminology. I don't know the proper spiritual terminology. (laughs) So uh, when I was on with her, I like her so much and vibe with her so much that we were talking and the stream was just flowing. I didn't have to stop. I didn't have to breathe. I didn't have to bring them in. And there's more of a a merging of the channeling and and the David consciousness is just becoming one now. Right. And, and, you know, when you and I get together, like you said, I know that that's what's happening. We're having this really high level interaction. And it's nice to, to, to get into that trance state and bring in the persona of the stream, but they're here flowing. And when I let them flow, or when I get into that trance state, they are far more articulate than I am. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Now, but that's, that's not them being better than me, it's still me. It's a better version of me because I'm not so much in my head Mm. that my thoughts are all jumbled. I'm very clear. I'm very concise. And it's a different version of me, but it's all still me. I like this,
0: uh, this idea of a severe, high vibration. And I sort of think I'm at a very high vibration. But, man, I know there is way more. But I don't know what that is like. I don't have any experience with it to be that high vibing. And there's a part of me that is still holding on to uh, worry and doubt a little bit, but, you know, I'm, I've come a long way. <clears throat> I
1: think but, it's, it's lifelong, you know, t- Taya is all about releasing fear altogether and trusting the process, trusting your abundance, trusting it's, it's what's what the practice is. And, and you've got your own version of that for sure. It's very aligned, it's, but I don't know that we ever reach a finish line. I've, I've been doing the work for, over 10 years, 11 years now, I've been doing this work and it does keep getting better and better and better and more clarity. But I keep having these clarifying, you know, you go down your spiral, you have a little bit of contrast, you get clarity from it, you expand from it. I'm not looking to let go of that completely. I'm not going to go looking for it. I'm not going to go looking for trouble, if you will, but I'm going to allow the process and, and my dips down are very infrequent and yeah. I go very low. And when I do, like you were saying earlier, I get this immediate warning sign from the universe, that I'm not in alignment with my desires and my true intention. Yeah, so
0: Very quickly. Very. Yeah, the, very quickly. the interesting and, and thing I, is, is like, how high can we go? You know, and how do we, how do we allow ourselves to go there? Obviously we have faith and we understand, but we don't know what it's like. And what I've been seeing lately is as people going through the boot camp, they're getting to these vibrational lovers they've never been before in their life. And their reality is shifting big time. And it's uncomfortable because it's so new and they didn't really realize it could happen. So Joshua just yesterday was talking to a woman who's fallen in love. And they're like, are you able to lean into it fully and milk every ounce of how delicious it is or are you going to the back of your head say I don't deserve this? You know, that sort of idea. How? That's what I want to explore now is true freedom, true abundance, true joy at levels I can't even imagine now because I've never experienced them yet. And I've experienced so much lo- more love and more fun things and exciting things happening in the last year and a half, last two years than. All my life put together. And it's interesting too, because in my old life, I would have like a goal that I would make so much money or whatever. And when that happened, it was like, okay, whatever, that's great, you know, okay, that's nice. And so now I've let go of attachment to any outcome and just said, I want to just enjoy this day as much as I possibly can, lean into it. Don't have to be that productive, don't have to get things done, just intend to have fun. And what I found myself doing, especially in the last two months of lockdown, is just letting my interests uh, lead me. And so so what happened was that I started watching this young guy, he's in his 20s in New York, and he makes all these travel videos. And he's got this really cool personality and is a really good filmmaker. And I've just started watching these things and I got so inspired to create a YouTube channel where it's all about living this aligned life and all the things we do and making these cool videos. And then also taking a trip probably next year to, say, Asia and Australia and seeing all the Joshua people in, in that part of the world and making for like three months, you know, one-way tickets everywhere. One way, we'll go to Hawaii, then Bangkok, then Phuket, then Bali, then Darwin, then Sydney, then Melbourne, then New Zealand, and then come back and film the whole thing. Film the Joshua Lives and film the travel and all that stuff. Man, I was thinking that is a really exciting thing to do. And why not do it? There's no reason not to do it. That's high vibe. <laughs> That's very high vibe. Well, it's
1: funny because that 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 is very high vibe because you're trusting. Yep. Don't know
0: when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: And my high vibe right now is zooming out from all of this reality, understanding that, and I know, I've known for years, that, that politics is meaningless and right. has, has no impact over our lives other than what we give to it.
0: Yes. So zooming out way beyond that, but then
1: zooming out to the 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 pain and suffering in the world and seeing it from a higher perspective. And I think that there's part of us when we're doing this work that we want to carefully craft how we put that out there because you can sound very callous. Oh,
0: sure.
1: When you zoom out, no one's death bothers you because we're all eternal beings. And if someone's not really ready to hear that, they're going to think that, oh, you're just the most evil person on the planet. Well, they're not ready to hear it. So probably not in the first place, Yeah. but understanding that, there's no right or wrong amount of time to live on this planet. There's no right or wrong way to live on this planet or to exit. And we have to appreciate everyone's path for what it is. That's what they came and manifested. And from a soul consciousness perspective, that life, even if they die as a junkie in the streets or, you know, they're murdered or something that is, you know, we consider from a human perspective, unsavory From a soul-conscious perspective, they came into a set of circumstances and purposely wanting to have a high-contrasting experience, if you will, and manifested their way through this life journey that ended in a way that we don't understand, and it's not our job or our business to judge it. Right. It was their experience, but getting to that high, zoomed-out place, it's like, wow, there is value in that that life experience that not everyone understands. Yes as much as we might not want that for ourselves and for people that we care about, we've got to let them, especially people we care about, we've got to let them live their contrast. Right. And and the stream talks to parents about this all the time that, you know, it's, it's a tightrope walk for parents to love and care about, you know, this child that you, that you brought into the world or, or raised or chose to raise and step back and step back and step back and let them sort of develop into their own being without the need for a specific outcome for them.
0: Yeah, well sure. Um, Joshua talks endlessly about that subject,
1: yeah. And there's all this fear around, well if we don't, they're gonna turn out like X, Y, Z. I am a product of two parents who threw in the towel when I was you know, five, six years old. Yep. I was Left to my own devices and people say, oh you're so special because the stream is coming to you and always has. You know, I don't feel like I'm anointed in any way. I feel like I was left with no other choice But well, not no other choice, but you know, my my best choice was to pay attention to the guidance that was coming to me internally and not listen to what humanity was telling me because humanity was telling me that I was going to be a loser in life. Right. I didn't want that to be my life experience. I trusted my inner guidance. I did not follow protocol. I didn't, you know, go through the educational system the way that I was supposed to. I didn't work my, even my corporate job, which was very 3D, I was the rebel. Yeah, yeah I, I existed uh, twenty years in that environment very successfully, and people thought I was nuts.
0: So this idea that when we get to this higher vibrational level we oh, got feedback there. <clears throat> when we get to a higher vibrational vibration level, level, oh, can you hear okay. that feedback? I can't. It oh, it's, right it's coming back. Uh, okay, so we have to see that everyone is going through their struggle, and on Joshua Live last. Friday there's a this is just a Joshua Life of Bootcamp people it's there was a question from a person who has a very 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 popular podcast huge and she had an interview with somebody and it got around black lives matter and she was trying to explain this concept that that people need to go through their challenge or their obstacle and this is what they're here for. And they chose the time and date of their birth and they chose the conditions of their youth. They knew they'd adopt limiting beliefs, but they could still have this opportunity to go through the struggle. And in this Black Lives Matter idea it, and white privilege, we're seeing that people are, which is wonderful, really putting themselves in the shoes of being black. And what that experience was like. And you get outraged because if that happened to us, you know, that police brutality that way, we would be outraged too. And it's great that we're all coming together. But from from her conversation, it was like they had that everyone has a challenge and everyone has an obstacle. And then Joshua reaffirmed that and went on to this long conversation about your challenge of putting yourself out there in public and being authentic and coming from all the experiences that you had of your youth, which were traumatic, is your challenge. And everyone has their challenge. And to say one challenge is easier or worse than another one is discounting it all. And I was like, oh my God, I have felt the same thing. Like, can I post this Joshua Live of them saying that this beautiful white girl's challenge is equal to, you know, someone getting their neck stomped on, you know? And it's like, well, then I started thinking about it more and more. We have to get to that place where we see people as total equals. And in that equality, everyone has an equal challenge. And it's not a white, black, brown thing. It's a human thing. And it's from the highest level of love and acceptance. That I accept you for your challenge, and I accept you for your challenge, and and anytime
1: you're judging someone's challenge as greater, you know, or less than yours, you're placing yourself back into that victim vibration. Exactly. Yeah. To attract more things of that vibration, and you're
0: not helping anyone by saying, "Oh my God, your challenge! I need to support you," which which is a wonderful thing. I'm not saying don't do it, but but the only way that you're going to get yourself out of that situation is through my help. You know. And right. no, there's plenty of examples of people who have gotten out of their situations. And this is part of the life experience. And there are people starving to death and living in huts and living, you know, in, in you know, I just saw a, a show about people living in Cuba and what they have to go through in Cuba, you know, and imagine North Korea, you know, so they all have these challenges and, and we don't need to say there's a hierarchy of challenge that, that we can say. Right. That we, all, we
1: all live in our own bubble of reality. And, oh, yeah. and your contrast hits your bubble of reality, it seems like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And there are people that are born into what other people would call privilege that, you know, the, the, the least little thing I'll never forget. I had this, um, my first relationship I was in for, for quite a few years and we had in-laws that were very wealthy. Uh, these in-laws, uh, two trust funds, one's father was a CEO of a major insurance company. The other's family was a big publishing company in New York. They get together, uh, their starter home in their twenties was five, a 5,000 square foot house outside of DC. And when we went and met with, met them for the first time as a couple and hung out with them, they were building their 14,000 square foot house in Great Falls, Virginia. Yeah. Double spiral staircase, uh, just every material thing you can imagine. They had, and they weren't even, I don't think they were 30 yet. They had two little kids, two little girls, and she was having the worst day. Her life was just destroyed. Yes. One of her nannies and her cook both took vacations. <laughs> right. You know, and from you know, her how perspective. Am gonna, how am I going to do this? How am I going to manage? Yeah. I've got COVID how am I going to manage without a cook and one of my nannies? I've got the other nanny and I've got a housekeeper in lawn service. And, you know, how am I going to her in her bubble of reality? It was just awful. And she was just complaining and going on and on and on. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, you're building this mansion of a house and you know, you've got all of these toys and all of these things and all this material stuff and you've got a staff to take care of everything and you can't handle your own two children you know, for, you know, an hour to go pick out tile for your house. It was just ruining her life. It was just awful, awful. awful. That's her bubble of reality though. Right. And easy for all of us to look at that and judge it. She had so much monetary privilege that she was creating other contrasts in her life, right? Dying to grow as a human being. And when you've been handed everything materially, life can be easy on the surface, but you're going to create some contrast. That's why we see celebrities do crazy stuff all the time.
0: And kill themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, when you're, when you are rich and beautiful and beloved by millions, you're, how could
0: you kill yourself? How could you yeah, do those things? You know, Kim Kardashian yeah. put
1: herself in the position of being robbed at gunpoint and tied up in a bathtub. You know, you think, gosh, she's got all the security. She's so, you know, that happened a few years ago. That was you know an awful situation. Yeah. You know, millions of followers, millions of fans, mm. money seemingly from nowhere and all of this. And she created her own contrast in her life and, and, yeah change from the experience of it. I saw an interview with her after that. And it was interesting. Like, wow, this really was profound, a profound thing for her because her life has been one way this whole time. She needed to disrupt that in her experience that actually drove her to, to being a different type of human being. And I don't know. I don't follow her. So I don't know what she's like now, but after that experience, she had some clarity. Yes, absolutely. clarity. You know, in that moment when I'm tied up in my bathtub, all I could think about were my, my child and the people that I loved and I wasn't going to see them again. She says, I, when they tied me up, I thought I was dead. Right. But she did.
0: Yeah. See, this is what we want to come to is this clarity that, that we are here to live not the old approach to life. You know, we're here to help people, not help people, be an example of what it's like to move from 3D to 5D or from what Joshua says, the old approach to life to the new approach to life. And to go forth, you know, courageously through our obstacles, which is fear, to be who we truly are, be that authentic version. And it's the authenticity of it, which is like why I like doing this, this podcast so much, because people can get to hear from us what we're Going through what our struggles were and how we've evolved, and what we're, well, that's, that's a we're better
1: concerned. service than being a guru, right? Absolutely, being you know, of I'm enlightened, and I'm you know, the only real gurus are the ones that we create long after they're dead. The they take the very best of what they had to offer and they right. put them up on this pedestal, and suddenly they walked on water and they did yeah. this and they did that. And if it serves people, it serves people. But while we're alive and we're here sharing our messages if we're putting ourselves on that pedestal and not sharing our contrast as humans, yeah. I, in my opinion, uh, I would not be serving at the level that I am if I don't come on and share that, hey, I went down my, I watched the speech, I went down my spiral, it created contrast. Two days later, I lost some friends. I got clarity that they weren't my friends to begin with. I didn't need them in my life. Boom, back up the spiral, massive clarity, a whole
0: other level of life now. Brilliant example. And the more authentic we can be, in that is the better example that really our superpower is in that in finding that authenticity which is not easy to do because we've built up this persona we want people to like love and respect us we want to you know keep that flow of love of coming to us we want to be accepted and when we have this really rigid persona like i used to have a really rigid persona i used to always have to be right I used to have to have people think I was intelligent, you know, or that I never made mistakes or that, you know, that sort of thing. And
1: well, taught, That's kind of how in 3D, that's how we're taught to be, that we have yeah. to be capable. We have to argue our point. We have yeah. to be, we have and to and be if right. Now you get to the higher perspective. There's no right or wrong anyway. Yeah. There's, there's none of that. The, everything is serving a purpose. Everything is serving our eternal expansion We're all here temporarily. We're multidimensional beings and we need to do the, the the biggest thing that I would like to get across that the stream has shown me is that life and death is not life and death. And and this idea of people getting on Facebook and freaking out because someone's not wearing a mask because you're going to kill all these people. You you attract your experience to you and and it all serves Mm -hmm. your expansion. And let's stop fearing the one thing that we're all going to do. Yeah. We're Absolutely. I'm terrified, terrified of death. It motivates us to do so many things. We're
0: terrified of dying. Well, this whole lockdown and disruption is is trying to save everyone. You know, we we have to save everyone. And those who passed away, unfortunately, are those who are the average age of those who passed away is older than the average age of people, you know. The average expected lifespan—it's—it's right. it's like I think it's eighty something, and then, you know, men seven, for men at seventy-six and women at seventy-eight, and the average age of the person forty-five thousand of the hundred and something thousand people who died in this country were in nursing homes. You know, it's like I, I can promise you if I ever end up if I ever manifest my path into a nursing home,
1: I'm going to want my exit as <laughs> yeah. quickly. Possible, so, And I'm not trying to discount the fact that it's probably not a pleasant way to, to exit. But again, that's their bubble of reality. And I have seen things in my life that from the outside, people would look at and say, Oh, gosh, that's so painful. I experienced it. I adjusted to it. I yep. With it, And I rolled through it. And if I survived it, and so far, I've survived all of it as a physical being, yep. that I was made stronger because of it.
0: And you were equipped to handle it. And everyone says, Oh, my God, I could never have done that. You know, because right. um, you because they weren't equipped. You were equipped with whatever you had. You know, I was equipped with whatever. I remember when I lost everything in the two thousand eight crash, and it was you know it was a it was everything. We our house, buildings, other house we were buying, uh, rental properties. The only thing we kept on was a small business we had. Um, that I'm like, well, this is interesting. You know, I wasn't devastated. Like you would think people would be devastated going into foreclosure on all these properties, being this big shop business guy in my little community and now failing at everything. And recently I just thought, you know what? I've had all these businesses and all these relationships, and they were all successes and they were inevitably all failures, if you want to look at it that way. I didn't, they're not here now, right? But they all led me to where I am now, and I wouldn't trade for the world because where I am now is the best place I've ever been. I'm best relationship, best house I've ever lived in, best group of friends, best group of people uh, that in a community, the sense of community, most satisfying work, most effective work, and healthiest I've ever been. You know, it's like all these things have been. I wouldn't trade that what seemed like a bad thing at the time, but, but even that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you
1: adjust to the condition that you're in automatically, but when you're outside of that condition, it's very easy to judge it from where you are and want them to have a different outcome.
0: Absolutely. Right? Cause it makes you feel bad.
1: Having yeah. a bad experience. They've manifested that they're themselves there for a reason and their higher self understands that reason. And, and, they're having their experience and it's not our job to hold them away from the experience. We can, want well, we can want to solve things. Solving things is expansion, right? We could, we could definitely get together and decide to solve if you will, if there's a such thing, yeah, uh, police brutality, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the systematic seeming, you know, killing of, of unarmed black people. We see that and it's a reality and we can want that to, to, to change. Right. And support uh, it. And, but, but pushing against and hating it and villainizing and, and, and trying to hold people in their contrast, all those things are futile. And that's why these things stick around. Yeah. If we don't focus on solutions so much. We keep focusing on the problem, the thing that we don't want, the thing that we don't want, the thing that we hate, the thing that we're pushing against. This person is a monster. They're awful. They're terrible. Blah, blah, blah. All you're doing is fueling those things that you don't like about them.
0: Yeah. Well, look at the protests. The protests, they were protesting police brutality. And in that protest, we saw more acts of. Pr- uh, police brutality than I've ever seen in my life. You know, yeah. shooting the reporter, shooting the girl, beating the girls with sticks, you know, with clubs. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, macing people in the face, you know. It's like, oh, my God, look at what what is attracted to it, you know. Right. And then, <laughs> then you hear the police go, uh, you know, we've had millions of interactions that have been great. <laughs> You know, it's like, and then we hear all from all these black people said, yeah, I've had this interaction, this interaction, this interaction, this interaction, this interaction. And all my friends have had similar interactions their entire lives. And we have a belief system, you know, that we were told by our parents to watch out and don't, you know, don't look at them in the eyes and don't run away and don't um, talk back and all that stuff. Um, My, you know, it's like, it's a different reality it's created but it's for growth and it's for emerging from this fear-based system of policing to what i really love is this idea of defunding the police and that doesn't mean what it sounds like it means that they're going to take part of this money they're not going to buy these armored vehicles and these military equipment Instead, they're going to put it towards social services. And and in many cases, instead of the police coming out, a social service worker will come out and and de-escalate whatever the issue is. So it's this de-escalation is based in love. This police, you know, idea of militarizing the police is based in fear. And so every structure in this system, and I was just thinking of the financial system, the financial system is, is another structure that's going to degrade. The government's another structure that's going to, to morph into more love, you know. Not yeah. fall apart completely, but morph into something else. And it's these situations that help us move in that direction.
1: Well, it's a collective awakening that's happening. We all know that. And the, 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 you think of this collective awakening from a human perspective is oh, we're all just going to be kumbaya and all this stuff's just going to just right. fall apart. Well, it's not going to fall away without some contrast, and the contrast is, you know, is the government of the United States crumbling? Yep. Perhaps maybe it's crumbling because we're realizing we don't need that kind of control and, and fear-based governing
0: anymore. Nope. And the yeah, two-party a system. Uh, we don't... You know, the
1: Catholic Church. I talk about that all the time. You know, the, yep. of the Catholic Church is realizing that wow, we've got all this this hierarchy of people who aren't what they seem to claim to be, and maybe we need to start questioning that. And it's this very powerful. Uh, you know, force in the, in, in the world that the, 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 uh, the facade is crumbling away and we're seeing that because we're questioning more and more the validity of these things. And right. the questioning is actually causing the awakening and the awakening in turn is causing the the negative things that we're seeing. But all in all, it's more of an awakening where we're coming to understand that we don't need these rules. We don't need these constraints. You know, the idea of borders and government and, and armies and policing and all that stuff, we ultimately don't need. The stream said a long time ago that if we didn't have rules and laws and punishment and judgment, we wouldn't have any of those things. I mean, if right. we didn't have any of those things, we wouldn't need any of those things. Sorry. Right, right. Yeah, I told you yeah. the stream was more eloquent than I am. But <laughs> we have those things. We need those things because we had those things in the first place and they sort of begat one another. And we really don't need any of that stuff. We can all live in high vibration, live in abundance and kind of go back to what the message of the, you know, the beginning message of the Bible was until it really went off track into all this judgment and fear and all this stuff. You know, there's, there's good components in there that are really based in universal law. Whoever wrote some of that was really channeling. And then, then it was taken to a different place of fear and punishment right. and, judgment and all that. Yeah. So it, the thing is, is that, you know, we, we've got to, really return to our own inner guidance and our own inner power and put away the fear, put away the fear. I always tell people, anytime you're at a crossroads and you can't make a decision, pull fear out of the equation, right? If I were fearless, I would do this. And then you've got your clarity right there. If I were fearless, I would do X, Y, Z. That's exactly what I would do. Well, then why aren't you doing it? If you pull fear out, why aren't you doing it? Because we know how limiting fear is
0: we were driving somewhere uh, to, back to inf- back from the mountains and we were listening to Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And in the beginning of it, he talks about how he went around interviewing all these uh, titans of industry. That's how he started, in, in, like right out of college or in college or something. And he was talking to someone of those, Rockefeller or something. And Rockefeller said the secret to all of this is to find that voice in your, inside of you. It's, no one's going to tell you this, but it's connecting to that voice inside of you. And that's your inner self. And, and so that there, there were these people who realized this at the time and that they don't need information from outside of them. It's all coming from within. And so the number one thing we can do is get in touch with that voice. And that voice can only be really connected and trusted in alignment, in feeling good, in not feeling fair, in realizing that everything's working out, that there is no wrong, coming to this place of total acceptance that you have all the guidance you'll ever need in the form of inspiration and intuition and and pleasant thoughts and great ideas and all that stuff. That's source connection. Absolutely. Connection.
1: You know, it's interesting. I um, <clears throat> One of the things that I have said about the stream and Taya is, I I always say it's not a religion. It's not a cult. And I've always thought internally, I don't want to turn into a cult. I don't want to be worshiped. You know, the stream says they don't need to be worshiped as a source of all creation. Why do they need to be worshiped? I love that. So, and and, you know, in the Joshua energy and the Abraham energy, all the same. And and none of it is saying, come worship us and obey us. Here's the rules. Here's what you got to do to be. None of it is saying that. Now there are people, I have seen people, uh, because the Abraham community has been around now for 30 years, there are people that are Abrahamish uh, that are very cult-like. Yes, we try to introduce another idea into a Facebook group, for instance. Forget I it. Go, oh no, no, no! I'm not <laughs> out. Like that is not an Abraham teaching. How dare you say that? And, and I actually went back and found where it was a 1988 Abraham teaching. Yes, it is. The Abraham message used to be more complex than it is now. Yeah, much. More. Here's part of it, and, and, yeah. and I've taken that original message. And really aligned with that, and with the stream, you know, because I was already aligned with it, I aligned with that, and sharing the stream that I want to keep it stripped down to universal law, universal law, universal law, and not tarted up with science or religion or spirituality or any of those things. Just yeah, law, that's what you're getting from the stream. So I keep saying I don't want to be a cult. I don't want to be a cult. Well, it's funny because I was guided the other night, we, Michael and I found this series of uh, documentaries on Netflix and it was interesting to watch. You know, I, did, I didn't know a whole lot about cryptocurrency. We watched the one on Bitcoin. Uh, it was so funny, the clarity I got on that. Well, you know, our currency is just as bullshit as Bitcoin is.
0: It's all just, you know, <coughs> drawn down. Yeah, actually, Joshua wrote an, an article about the vibrational um, value of cryptocurrency
1: yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's all energetic. It's all vibrational. So to say that that cryptocurrency is bullshit, well, we picked a metal and decided that had value, and then we're printing currency against this metal in our country, and that has value. Right. You know what is that? You know, really, right. real value is is you know that, that I I need a set of rocks and I have a chicken, and I have an extra chicken, and you have extra rocks. I'm going to give you my chicken. You're going to give me. Your, I mean, that's real currency.
0: Yeah, right? and if you don't have to transport the chicken or the rocks anywhere in the world, yeah. You know, but that's it's all the, good. It's all yeah. good.
1: Well, our world is more complex. So yeah. yes, we've created it, but it's all human creation. It's all energetic. Yeah. And we can attract as I'm going way off on a money tangent. <laughs> so anyway, so we watched this. Um I, I really wanted to watch the one of cults. Yeah. And Michael didn't really care about it because I don't want to watch that. I said, Well, I do because a lot of times I've heard uh, I've heard a couple of people refer to the stream as a cult and to tie as a cult. And you're usually partners of people that take my boot camp. <laughs> yeah. I got that too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I have always been sort of pushing against that, right? That idea that I don't want to be a deity, I don't want to be a cult. And I was watching it, and they went into you know the the famous cults, the Moonies, uh, uh, was it Jonestown, the, where everybody drank the Kool Aid? Yep. Uh, and I don't pay that much attention to it, but the ones that we all have known about in our lifetimes that were high profile, generally because a lot of people died because of them. And then at the end, they started talking about modern cults, and they blow up a picture of Esther Hicks. Oh God! And I was like, "Wow! <laughs> I I know now why I was guided to watch this. Yeah. But, uh, I know that Esther is not a cult, and Abraham, of course, not. not. <laughs> they were defining <laughs> what a cult was too. Esther is not that, and they put a picture of Eckhart Tolle up also. And I don't know him that well, but there's yeah. no cult coming from him to me. No, nope. but Esther, I know very well. You know, as a not a, as a personal friend, but I know her. I know the teachings of Abraham and, and all of that. There's nothing cult like about any of that. You know, but the clarity that I got from watching that show that I was guided to watch was I need to stop worrying about whether anybody judges it a cult or not. I need to stop saying that it's not a cult because the first thing they said in the video is that every cult says they're not a
0: cult. (laughs) We joke about it. I know. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to worry about that. (laughs) Uh, Did you ever watch Wild Wild Country? No. That's a great documentary, and it's about this – guru from India that has a big following in India and a lot of Americans go down there and they build this commune and then he gets kicked out of India. And so they come to Oregon and they build a town there or they, they move into this town, right? And they're all wearing the same clothes and this color and they start to take over the town. It's super interesting, but not high vibrational at all. And you see this guru guy flip out at the end. He loses it. Right, and this is that's how you know. know, right? It's absolutely true. Oh, it's true. Okay, it's a documentary. It's great. Okay. And then, oh, I didn't hear you. The documentary part. I wrote it down, so I'll check it out. Wild, wild country. The other one is the Waco thing that was just on the Waco movie. Yeah, and that's brilliant as well. And this guy, David Koresh. Uh, God, he, he, they. I, I don't know. They portrayed a lot of it from his perspective, and but what was true was that he predicted to a T, everything that would happen, you know? <laughs> and so they were just minding their own business. I think every guru probably
1: starts out with a high level of source connection and you get this this knowing. Yeah. Knowing knowledge is power. And so people like you and I have done this work and we channel and we really rate, zoom out to the high perspective and we see there's no right or wrong, how the world operates, how you attract things into your life, how you live a, a really wonderful life. And then people start paying attention. I think the key is, is to not to, to continue to detune the ego. Oh God. Completely. Yeah. Completely. You know, you're not getting on a podcast and, and channeling if you don't have some ego behind it, that's fine. But detune the ego, detune the ego, detune the ego and, and make it your life's work also to keep the ego out of the way of it. Because people now, I, I think are more aware and even more skeptical, if you will, and have a better bullshit meter than ever before because they've been taught a lot of things and now people are coming together and questioning and it's more important than ever for any spiritual teacher to put the ego aside, put the authentic message out as unfiltered as possible and don't let the ego creep back in as the following expands you know, and these nice little things, you know, people, uh, you know, somebody did fan art of me the other day and I thought it was really cool. I was green with a blue beard, but it did look like that, you know, and that's nice that somebody did that, but it doesn't put me on a pedestal as a human being, right. Uh, you know, having followers and having people that listen to the podcast, it's nice, but you can't let that go to your head because then you take that knowledge that you have and you start shaping a, philosophy around it that suddenly turns into something else that's really goes back to ego and fear. Yeah. And, and my life's work is going to be not allowing that and to keep it based in universal law as raw as it can be. And, you know, looking for new ways to serve from a human perspective, but not allowing that, that ego space to, to, to blow back up. And then suddenly, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to come in this place and, and lionize me and it's all going to end badly, by the way.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, you look at Esther right now, and she's got people really worshiping her. And just, you know, it's, it's like, it's Esther, you know, I get a lot of stuff like, thank you, Gary, for this work you're doing and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm doing it because I like to do it. I'd do it if there's one person or a you know, thousand yeah, not, you Yeah,
1: know, I know that I don't think Esther at all is looking to be worshiped. I don't no, not
0: absolutely not. I,
1: um, what I had to come to peace with though is, and, and it's funny because I, our mutual friend, Romania, I had a, a, a meeting with her. Um, she was saying, you know, you can't worry. And I was telling her that story. This was just Monday. And I was telling her the story about me watching the thing about cults and getting yeah. the clarity that, wow, well, first of all, a documentary you know, somebody has an opinion and they're going to cobble together the facts that support their opinion. They're going to put it out there. And then we watch it to, to open our minds up about things, close our minds about things. Right. And in this documentary, you know, opened my mind that, wait a minute, I'm worried about being judged as a cult here. They're putting Esther out there and judging her as a cult. I know she's not one. I doubt that she's even aware of it. If she is, she probably could care less. Right. That's where I need to be is not worrying about whether people see me as a cult or not. And not, and she says, and you need to not worry about whether your followers or people that listen to your podcast, however you want to describe them, see you that way. If it serves them and their expansion to see you that way, that's not for you to judge either. I said, you know, you're absolutely right. That's true. Yeah. And judging that. And if, if people want and need to do that, I'm not going to encourage it. Yeah. It's not for me to worry about. So, you know, for Esther, if people are getting through what they consider a difficult time in the world or in their lives by, by putting her up on a pedestal, as a deity and it serves them and she's not, you know, uh, exploiting it, then it's, it's, that's everybody, that's their path. Just like the person that's being beaten, that's their path. And if we're not going to judge that, why in the world would we judge somebody that wants to view us as as something more than than what we are? That's just their path and it's okay. And and it's just important not to encourage that or, or look for that because then we are back at our ego. I think the stream would be out of the picture at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whenever you say, I don't want this to happen, you're just resisting how it's it supposed to happen. I yeah, I wasn't even noticing in my yeah. desire
1: to be authentic. I was resisting. Right. I had to watch the <laughs> documentary, and that's why Esther popped up for me because I knew <laughs> yeah. it wasn't true. And it, the clarity was, wow, I'm going to be judged this way no matter what. So I might as well just not worry about it and let everybody accept what I have to offer as they want to accept it.
0: That's why moment. it's so important to go with your inspiration. Oh, I probably shouldn't be watching TV right now. I should probably do something. No, this is a thing you're going to watch. Is going to open up your belief system so that you can move to the next level. Have you seen the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary? Uh, I, I want to watch that. Michael, it's so good. I'm going to wait till he's doing something else. And, uh, I'll watch it <laughs> I think he has an online class tonight. He's doing. I'll watch it
1: tonight.
0: It's so good. I watched all four like right away. so much, but I have a totally different takeaway than than what they had there. You know. When oh, you look at that! My, from a probably is interesting. Well, yeah. somebody,
1: uh, somebody in my mastermind was kind of getting into the conspiracy theories and the fact that you know, supposedly there's a theory that you know, all these politicians and all these billionaires are in planes, uh, you know, murdering children and drinking their adrenalized blood, and that's no, what of course was not. About. No, I, no I mean,
0: lot, he was just a rich. Know, yeah, a he was just a a rich guy who who gave a lot of money to science, and of course he meets other people who are doing the same thing, right? And he liked to fund all that. How he got his money is weird. And, is you know, his other stuff is, you know, out there. But when you watch it, it's, uh, I like to hear what you think about it, because it's
1: super- Well, and people, you know, what humans do is we try, we, we go up and down our spiral. There's high vibration versions of us and lower vibration. And the more we do this kind of work, the more we're high and the less we're low, for sure. But you you can't judge the totality of of who someone is based on a down the spiral moment. And nowadays with you know camera cameras and all of our, you know, videos and all of our phones, you get to see generally the very worst moment of a person down their spiral. Uh, you know, I, I, know the, the, the white lady that called the police on the, the black man that was watching in central park, that was an awful version of her. Yeah. And then all of these people, you know, came out and said, wow, you know, that's not the version of her that we know at all. We know blah, 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 blah. And so she wasn't the typical, you know, Southern right wing stereotype of, of this woman that, you know, is, 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 is racist. Right. But in her down the spiral moment, she absolutely was being racist. Right. Uh, and, and potentially putting that man's life in danger, calling the police on him with what we know in our society. So it was a very low vibration version of her, but there's probably other versions of her that aren't always down there. And we're all vibrational and we all do that. Yeah. So, you know, Jeffrey Epstein will forever be known. And I I don't know that much about it. I know that he went to prison and there was, you know, child pornography or something. That's all I really know about it. So I'll watch it and see But that's the version of him. Just like Bill Gates is now being demonized. (laughs) Yeah, people think Bill Gates.
0: Oh, poor guy.
1: And all I can think about Bill Gates is, first of all, I've never gotten a negative vibe from that guy. No. And, you know, he's got, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Is he really going to spend his time to make more money when his money is abundant that it just flows to him while he's sitting on the toilet? You know, he doesn't have to create pandemics to make money. He's got enough money to continue to regenerate and make more money and give it away and still have more come in. He doesn't have to do things like
0: that. He's He's giving it all away. He's giving it away. He just happens to be interested in this subject. And from his perspective, he thinks this is the best thing to do. It may or may not be the best thing to do, but from his perspective, it is, you know, and obviously he's fighting against something. And so this is his attraction, you know,
1: that, that negative things happen on our planet People allow themselves to race down their spiral into fear and then they need a boogeyman to blame for it, to, to suit themselves because once they identify uh, a cause of it, then you can eradicate that cause and you're never going to have anything negative happen again. (laughs) That's
0: that's the old approach to life of fear and control and it will never work. It'll never make you happy. I remember when the workers were working on this house, they were blaring their radio to rush Limbaugh and I go to Michael and I say, Michael. (laughs) Very this, different part of the world because all I get is Hispanic yeah. <laughs> music. <laughs> this is never going to make you happy listening to this. It's just going to make you more scared and more outraged and more infuriated. You're never going to be happy. I come back the next day. Guess what they're listening to? They're listening to a Joshua meditation.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so That's a swing in vibration for sure.
0: Yeah. And then the next day, they're back to Rush.
1: Well, I used to, I worked for this guy in Florida for a year, for about 10 years. And he, um, was a wealthy self-made man, you know, multimillionaire lived in a beautiful home on a golf course, you know, wife, he and his wife drove big BMWs and his son was a CFO of a major tobacco company, probably the biggest one. And he was always angry. And he always listened to Rush Limbaugh all day long. I'd go in his office and he'd be in there listening to Rush all day long. And he was always just angry about something. And I'm like, dude, you've made this money. You guys, (laughs) his wife was a lovely person. You've got successful children. You know, you live in this beautiful home. You you have this gorgeous office. You you travel. You've got everything in your life exactly the way most people is enviable by most people. And here you are getting yourself all wound up over some political crap that Rush is telling you to think. Yeah. And, and I don't when, I, when he's, he was saying something about anti-Hillary one day, and I, yeah. I said, oh. I said you know that bonus you just gave me," I sent the whole thing to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I did, but I just said it just to, to bit of all. But I also knew that I had him because I made his life easier because I made him a lot of money. Yeah, you know, that, that I I could ruffle his feathers really quick because I knew how he thought. It was fear-based, and there was a fear there that if I left his employee, his business would plummet because I was the best manager he ever had. I made lots of money for him. But so I knew how to manipulate this guy, but it's too bad that you can be so aligned with success to have all of that success and then not lay back and just enjoy it. Instead, go looking for contrast because that's what he wanted. He wanted some contrast.
0: He needed something
1: to be angry about.
0: Well, you can effort and your struggle your way to making money, right? But, oh, yeah. But who wants to do that? I did it. It wasn't any fun. It's all based on your belief
1: system. If you believe that doing evil deeds is going to make you rich, then doing evil deeds will probably make you rich. It's not necessarily going to make you joyful. Nope. Because that's, that's the example of people that you see that, you know, no matter how many mansions, yachts, and car collections they have, they're still miserable human beings. Yep. And that's a, that's a lesson that we can all learn. At the same time, that doesn't mean that having all those things inherently makes you bad. No. Happy. You can have both. You can yeah. have the stuff that you want.
0: Just don't expect to make you happy if you're not happy first. That's yeah. what we well, the thing is that, that there's two ways to make a lot of money. One is to do something you're passionate about, and the money is just a side effect. It just rolls in and because you're in a high vibe, and that just, it just goes with what you're doing. And the other way is to effort and your struggle your way to do it and accumulate it. But when you get it, you're not going to feel any more secure or any more abundant than you did before and in fact you're going to be trapped by that because now you can't get out of that business because then you'll lose your house and your money and and you can't let your employees go and blah 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 you know they call them gilded
1: grind, right all these people i'm going to get out and grind today i'm going to grind i got to yeah. work it. you know and if it works for them that's great but you're right there's never going to be enough that's going to get you to the finish line of happiness
0: if you don't know how to be happy without it no it's it's the old approach the new approach anyway this has been a quick Hour and ten minutes, I think. As so always, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at thestreamofdavid
1: and you can learn more about the Taya practice at thestreamofdavid forward slash tya Taya, and of course, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all the Stream of David, and I also have a Facebook group which
0: is now Taya Global Awakening. Love that title. Uh, We're starting a new boot camp in July second second. Uh, Second Monday in July, this one I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take 12 people and put them in, brand new people, put them in one group with me and we're going to have special meetings with me every week and we're going to take this to a whole different level. So that is limited to 12 if you want to be in part of that group. Uh, It'll also be with other graduating boot campers and boot campers who come from other groups. So there'll be a lot of people, might be 100 people altogether, but... We'll have this one experience just for the 12 of us uh, that's that's part of the group, and then we'll have an added stuff that we do. So I'm interested to see how that works out. I'm looking forward to it. So if you want to uh, contact me, you have to get on the phone with me, which is uh, just send an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and we will pick a time to get together, and it's always a fun call, so don't worry about that. Push past that fear. This is the time to come out of awakening and start something new and fresh. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, David, great talk. Fantastic. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next time we get together. Absolutely, Gary. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to find us on Facebook, we have a private group just for Joshua listeners. It's called The Friends of Joshua, so just search that in Facebook and ask to join, and we'll add you. Also, if you'd like to help us spread Joshua's teachings, the very best way you can do that is to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that would help a lot. We're ranking higher and higher each week as we go forward, and this is really how people find us. So thanks for everything you do, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.